Running Sentences presents Ghost Sands Part 7 A Devil's Welcome Ralph continues to seek answers while others try to avoid their fates. This story is written and narrated by Michael Harry. It is a work of fiction, so any names, characters, businesses, events, and situations within this story are products of the author's imagination. Any resemblance to real people, situations, characters, businesses, events, and or fictional ones are purely coincidental. Copyright 2024, Michael Henry. All rights reserved. Trying to stay in his spot, Book found himself a bit hypnotized by this feminine creature. Everything about her seemed odd and must stare at. The only bothersome bit out of all of this was that the white stones in the circle did feel like they were projecting some heat at him, making standing there just unpleasant. Were you a lover of Malfas? No, I'm not one of those, but I'm sure if you search amongst the demons you'll find at least one. How would I even find them? She came closer, though there was still a good amount of space between them. The half-worn degraded clothing she had on hid little of her figure, and with one of her good hands she pointed back the direction he'd come from. Whoever decided to stay close, even when jilted, except in rare cases, and uh, search for someone who knows him. Thank you, I guess. Why do you need to find them? You could stay here and enjoy your freedom if you wanted to. Well, Malthus will probably rip me apart if I don't do as he says, and I don't think there is anything stopping him from coming here. With a nod, the sand whipped up again, and she had vanished from view, leaving him to trudge back the way he'd come. He certainly had an answer, but he wasn't sure it had been worth all of this effort just to be told to go back where he'd come from. Chef Franks stood outside his station, looking at the collected group before him. An assortment of cops, local, state, and federal, had gathered and were ready to go searching. The problem was, ever since several calls had come in for missing children, everyone wanted to be the boss. He, though, didn't want to be that person in charge of everything, since they always got the blame. To him, it didn't feel like they'd find these children, since it felt like the previous time this had happened, at least according to what he'd read up on. Listen to me for a moment. The chatting group all went quiet. I'm not going to be leading the charge on this. That would be Agent Mark here. He is the one trained in tracking disappearances. That said, for those who are thinking this mirrors the disappearances of years ago, get rid of that thought. We have no evidence that that is the case. We need sharp minds willing to question things, so keep it in your head, but don't say it to anyone else until you have some form of proof, okay? There seemed to be a few murmurs that went about the group of cops, and Frank nodded to them and then to the agent Mark, who had stepped forward and had been on his side. We already have had a sweep of the area, the criminal Zevian called home. Oh, we're going to do that again and check his home, and without any prior knowledge of where these kids might have gone to, we have to cast a wide net out there around the area. Any questions? The press? 
Uh, don't talk to them under any circumstances. They're vultures looking for news. They got no interest in finding these kids and would prefer if we didn't so that they could keep reporting on this. Do not say a single word to them. Have your areas to go for your search. Let's get to it. There was a bit more talk, but the group began to split up quickly, and the sheriff found himself alone with Agent Mark in the short order as the last cops left. What do you think of this, Franks? Smells like an occult sort of thing. You ever deal with that sort of stuff? Yeah, we called in the specialists to do that. I think even the state cops have a group they go for. Not certain if they actually do that, but uh, that's sort of the rumors I heard, and I, I think it might be the same people that we actually go to, the feds, you know? Franks looked surprised at this news, and they began heading for their nearest car. They were going to be searching together, despite Franks' protest that they could cover more areas actually apart than together. We've had some weird stuff happen recently, and uh, some people stopped by asking for information about that old case. It might have been those people, actually, that you know, the ones that you actually go to. Uh, well, without a description of them, might be, might not be as well, who knows. Uh, do you buy into that supernatural stuff? I might. Why do you ask? Franks pulled out his phone and showed it to the agent after pulling up the video to play it. He watched for a second. This seems like the stuff that sort of company you contract with might be interested in. The incident with the preacher, his wife, and Trusty played out in rapt attention for Mark. When it was done, he nodded along and had a far distant look that went off towards the horizon. A very weird event to see. Uh, can we meet any of them? Well, the woman is alive, but the other two are dead. Well, I would like to meet her if I can, sir, Sheriff. Uh, she's staying up at the local motel since this happened at her home. Uh, we don't have a good explanation for any of it, and she doesn't provide any good answers. Then let's start our search there. Maybe she'll uh, answer more pointed questions from me since I know a few things and new techniques. With that, they headed off towards the nearby sheriff's car that Franks used to transport himself around in. Ralph was still trying to get accustomed to Judy's body, which was so different from his own. Sleep felt like it was a long ways off as he lay on the bed, staring upwards towards the old ceiling that looked to have water damage to it. A heavy thud-thud came from the door, which made him look to the doorway. Yes, who is it? It's uh, Sheriff Franks with a police officer who would like to talk to you. A deep frown came from Ralph, who spent the entire day being driven around by an officer, getting nowhere that he'd wanted to. They found nothing useful in their search for those interfering with Malthus's plans on this plane. The officer had been a hard edge and resisted the techniques thrown at him to get him to go along with anything that Ralph had planned. Instead, they'd driven around as per suggested by Ralph, but Ralph had questions and tried to get answers along the way, but they never really seemed to click. I told you I don't know how or what I can help you with now. Uh, well, this is an agent who has connections with a secret organization that deals with sort of cases like these. Ralph was bolt upright in a second. 
Had his prayers been answered, he hadn't been praying or knew how to pray or who to pray for in such an event where it befall him. A thousand thoughts sprang to his mind, and he had trouble sorting through them to get out the question that was bothering him the most. What kind of agency? Ah, uh, supernatural, I think. What is it, actually, Marx? There was a muffled response which went by too fast for Ralph to pick up on, even with his abilities. As a result, he was quick to get fully out of bed and head closer to the door. Well, he says he doesn't know the name of the group, just says it's a loose organization that pops up from time to time with pieces of paper. It has the governor's signature on it or something? Anyway, it just that's the same sort of thing that happened to us the other day, so they might be related. Wrapping his feminine hand around the door handle, Ralph took a moment and a deep breath. There was a chance this might go wrong, so having a plan for these two was a good thing, if neither turned out to be holy people, that is. With that, he opened the door with a smile. Why, this is so interesting, I've never heard of such things, and to be trusted by cops, I thought you lot like to keep things strictly in the real world. Agent Mark stepped forward, offering his hand. Miss uh, Judy Abbott, I assume? That would be me, yes. Uh, you're the agent? What are you doing believing in fairy tales? That is my husband's job. You believe in it, though? Well, I go along with what my husband wants, Officer Franks. It's what a good wife should do, isn't it? There were some coughs from the two men, and in response, Ralph looked down to see what he was wearing to make sure it wasn't. All right. It was a set of pajamas, and not remotely daring ones at that, so what was the problem? Uh, do you want to come in? It's much better than talking out in the cold over there. Come, come! Ralph, stepping to the side, the two officers stepped in, blushing a bit. Whatever is wrong with you two, you look like you're embarrassed to be around a woman. Uh, we're just proper gentlemen who don't like uh, entering ladies' rooms. Funny, you could have fooled me with the way you're acting last time we had a meeting. That was different, and in an official capacity as an officer of the law, we were in a proper space. To this, Ralph cocked Judy's head to the side and tried to understand this quaintness. It wasn't working, so he tried to pierce into the mind of the sheriff to see if he could detect this creature's thoughts. It was mostly surface things about being a good person, and that he had a wife to go home to. I fear we are intruding on your sleeping time uh, since the late hour, and my mother always told me it was impolite to intrude on such things. You have an odd mother, because I have never heard such things before. Yes, she was a bit odd at times with her ideas. The agent said this, nodding and moved to take up one of the chairs in the room. His surface thoughts, when Ralph moved his attention over to him, were more curious. Who was she? Did she have a demon in her? That video the sheriff showed was certainly something. What can I do for you then? I suppose this is questioning time about what happened to me. I can tell you I don't know much. What I'd like to know is why did you let us in so easily after hearing about the agency? Caught off guard, Ralph cursed himself for being a bit shameless, but grinned inwardly. It was good to get into one's vices from time to time, and getting what one wanted was, well, a delicious vice. I 
merely thought it would help get me answers as to what happened last night, sir. Has it been two nights or one? I don't remember. Oh dear, it's all clumping together in my head. Yes, a good answer for someone who's potentially hiding something. Ralph tried to give a panicked, frightful look to this, but uh, the smirk on the agent seemed to see right through it. Would you like to make a deal, whoever you are? I happen to know an awful lot about things going on, and I know far more about other planes of existence than one probably should. The air had a sudden stiffness to it that then relaxed, and Ralph looked over surprised. The only creature he'd ever come across capable of such feats were demons. But he couldn't sense any of that here. Do you have a problem, miss? Having taken a look about the space, trying to sense where it had come from, Ralph now looked back at Agent Mark. The man sat there with an easy grin on his face, that now sat on the wrong side of a smirk. A glance towards the sheriff showed a frozen-looking man who couldn't move. Who are you? A soul looking to create some mayhem. I am no demon, though, and you aren't my type, either. You're an angel. An angel! Correct. Perfect guess on the first try. Now I need your help. Moving over to sit on the bed, Ralph tried to spend his time getting his mind around that news. What to make of it, and could he work with someone like that? Angels were foretold of being the end times. And having it show up here? I don't know if I can. Well, you can drop the art, and if you want to find this group and stop them, I gather, you need my help. Why else would you be stuck in such a body? Maybe I am. But what about it to you? Why are you stuck in that body, Mr. Marks? To that, the agent rose from his seat and actually removed a faceplate-like thing. Behind it was a bright flash of light, deafening in all of its whiteness. The mask of a plate went back into place, shielding the sight once again. I am a construct to keep me contained and away from prying eyes and thoughtless thoughts. Though this Agent Mark is a real person, he happens to be tied up at the moment. Now, I am an agent. I want to illuminate the group you might be chasing. Yes, about them. Why are you after them? It's time for all parties to accept that this domain, this plane of existence, belongs to all of us creatures. Earthlings have had it for long enough. I'm here to break through and make that happen. They will try and block me. Why would I want that? I need to stop it. So do you. You're aware of the stories about your type, how things will be if you come here and force... With that face back in place, Mark took his seat again, lounging at it. Well, the same could be said for you, plunging the world into a state of darkness on your arrival, demon. We'd need something to offset the bleakness that you would bring, don't you think? Your coming here is the end times. And what fun it will be. Us living together with humans, living under us, unable to do things, life will be grand. So will you help us or not? Well, what does it entail, mister? Now setting up, the agent waved his hand towards Ralph, which knocked him a bit back. It felt like a pulse of something had hit him. This was followed by a wrenching feeling, as if he was being split in two. What I need is for you to go away. You're ruining things for me, demon. 
There was a flash of light, and everything went bright and then quiet. Come, Shove. Franks, I think we've bothered the sleeping lady quite enough. Uh, she seems to have had quite the night. What was it? What's going on? The confused sheriff found himself being pulled out of the room as he looked backwards. Judy Abbott lay on the bed, looking very asleep and very pale. We have to search for the children, remember? Miss Abbott didn't have any information for us. As the door shut a second later, Ralph found himself snapped back into existence. He blinked, looked about, and realized he was no longer in a body. Fuck. In a hurry, he threw his now ethereal form at the body of Judy, only to press right through it. Damn it! Why did nobody ever teach me how to repossess something? Malfast, I blame you for this. There were a few more efforts to get back into the body, but he gave up and decided that leaving might be his only option. There was a distinctly cold air that now was swallowing up this space, which would mean death was on the doorstep for this woman. One didn't want to be caught up by that, even in this ethereal form, since it tended to take whatever it wanted in the area. The trek back to the mine, Malfast had claimed, was not a fun procession. There was a bird of a hollow, bony creature that had taken to following Book as he made his way. It was always there, just a few feet away, as he topped the dune that held the meeting table not far from home. Now he gave a sigh of relief, and then froze up. There was a figure at the table, examining their overly long fingernails, and then to him at the same time. Why are you here, little one? To seek the truth? I doubt that. Uh, you're here because of Melfast. It is the only reason one of his staff would be out in the greater world. I could have gotten free and be doing my own thing. The slug of Rosa, which had been lounging in a chair, looked over doubtfully. The arms of the creature seemed to reach out towards the table to steady itself as its beady eyes flicked this way and that way, and then one of its arms began to shield itself from the harsh sun. For that to happen, Malthus would have had to die or exile you. I don't sense that such a thing has occurred, which means I must ask again, why are you out and about? Book trudged his way over and sat down on one of the oversized chairs, designed for a big slug-like creature. There's been some interference in Malfess's plans that have caused him to look and to see who might be trying to do things. I've been sent to find them. Happy? There was a small, slow tremor that shook the ground, one that Book took to mean that the slug was about to move, since it took a lot of energy to do so. He was right as it plopped its way onto the table and moved inchingly towards him. I was told to find the former lover of Melfast, if that's what you're after anyway. Why would you do that? He paused at this question, since he wasn't entirely sure what to reveal. There was a chance here, as there was at the strange spot to gain an ally, but it could also turn bad on him rather fast. They're said to be the ones who are causing issues and kicking off events that uh, no one is ready for yet, I, I think. 
And you're here to question if it was me. Well, I don't know, maybe. I haven't put that forth yet, but I suppose it is an option. We were once a thing, yes. Um, a couple, if you will, but I hold no grudges against that slug. He is but another waste of space. How did you know I was coming to search for someone, and that is an excuse that I would expect from someone so powerful in the world to just wave away their hands? Do not underestimate the power of a demon. You think I offer just excuses? Her slug-like form, which had continued to move forward, was now almost upon him at this point, having slithered and slid the entire length of the table. Its mouth now was level at his face, and seemed to almost want to eat at it. You haven't offered much other than those, so... Yes? I have nothing to do with whatever the problem is for Malthas, and I never will have anything to do with them. Uh, do you know of anyone who could interfere, then? If I did, I would have no reason to tell you who or what, why or... How they might do such a thing. Book rose from the chair in an effort to get a bit away from this slug. He'd only taken a few steps back when that bony bird landed on the chair with an odd, awful squawk. Death to the traitor. Yes, death to this one. Backing up further, another bony creature landed beside him just to his right. Ralph looked over to see that new bird sitting on the sand, and it was a rather big one. It came nearly to his shoulder and could easily stare him in the eyes. Its long beak snapped out towards Ralph, snatching at his face, but coming up short as it pulled back. Killing me isn't going to make any of this go away. It would be if I were interested in making it go away. I don't really care whether it does or not. These creatures, though, rarely get to eat, and I think they're starved, as you can tell from their bodies. There is a butty in there? Well, I suppose there might be a butt. If you help me out, of course, then uh, I might point you to what you are actually after. That doesn't sound helpful to me at all, with a might. What are you asking me to do, and why am I the only one ever sent on these fetch quests? With surprising speed, it was only a moment it took for the form of the other bird to make its way up to him, and now he was flanked on either side as Rosa began to approach. To capture the essence of Malfas. What do you need that for? How would I even do that? You don't get to ask questions. Help me or not. He took a moment to shake his head no, and then began running backwards as fast as he could. The birds pursued, taking off and flying to get ahead of him, as the slug-like shape took off burrowing into the sand, chasing after his feet. Ralph gave up a moment later, knowing all too well that he didn't have the speed to get away from any of this. I can't help you. He was then swarmed by the birds. Bart slammed into the ground, hard and heavy, the sidewalk cracking and denting downwards. His knees buckled from the force as he held on to Laura as best he could. The shock reverberated through them for a moment, 
and he lost his grip on her, dropping her. Ow! Laura fell on her butt and was up in an instant as Bart remained, standing still. The pain was shooting through his body, and he was still feeling all of the side effects of what he'd just done. You should head for the car. I'll catch up. What was that all about? You couldn't have done some fancy demon stuff to get through them, or, you know, made that jump easier? He shook his head, no. Most of my powers are locked away to keep things safe. Ow! And I haven't exactly used mine. And I can't exactly use them against humans without recourse and things happening. Well, I'm not running away. You don't seem well. A gunshot rang out and missed them by mere inches as a piece of concrete sidewalk, not far from them, shattered and splintered. He looked over to Laura, who had moved a bit away to avoid getting hit. You cannot survive getting shot, and they may soon come out the main entranceway. Get out of here. What about you? I will survive. That much I can promise. I will look a little different, maybe, but uh, but they won't do anything to me that I can't withstand. Another shot sent her sprinting away, and was soon gone from sight. The front doors, which he stood not far from, now opened with a bang as out came a few guards with pistols trained on him. Don't move! Bart glanced up and smiled, closing his eyes. A second later, his being turned into a fine mist that just simply floated away on the wind. The heavy sounds of footsteps charging up the stairs and down the hallway towards his alien broke him out of the slumber on his bed. He blinked a few times, lifted himself up, and tried to collect his thoughts. There wasn't much time, though, as two men burst into his room. Where are they, Zevian? Who? What? Don't play dumb with us. You've got a history with children. The fog began to lift off Zevian's mind, as he still couldn't remember any children. Who were these two talking about? Who were they? The other gentleman had come around, and with a wave of his hand and a smile, things seemed to be going terribly still. That was with the exception of himself and this man. What is going on here? Who are you two? The usual. A demon is using figures to do whatever they want, and I'm here to help you out, though. Not fully awake yet, but still able to sit up, Zavian was rubbing his eyes and looked at the man in confusion. Who was this, and why were they in his old home? Wasn't he supposed to be in jails for a crime he didn't commit? There was a heavy blank spot in his mind, and no matter how much he dwelt on those thoughts, nothing came to him. I can grant you your memory back, if that will help. Again, who are you? Currently, Special Agent Mark with the Federal Investigation Unit, although internally I do go by a few other names, and I'm not human, as you can attest to. What? Come now, you normally see humans able to pause things, raising them in place. I come from a different plane of existence, one that can save you from this madness if you just tell me a few things. The agent stepped forward, and with a quick step, and in a surprise move, flicked Zevian in the head with his forefinger. That should free up a bit of memory and block on you. I don't think it did anything. His brain was moving fast and searching for things, but oddly it felt like nothing was coming up. 
his name, his birthday, and a few other odd assorted memories he needed to remember were right there at the moment, but this memory he was supposed to have of something, he couldn't find it, and he didn't know what he was supposed to be looking for. How's that old mind doing in there? I've got nothing. I don't know what you did, and I don't know why you did it. Oh, well, perhaps the demon who was helping you along has left for now. No recovering what isn't there if you're not in control, I suppose. Can you at least tell me what's happened to me in, in that blank space? Can you tell me what's going on? What is going on? As far as I can tell, you were taken over by a demon from another plane of existence. Some might call it a hell plane, or something. I don't know if it is or isn't. Uh, never been there. But uh, they had you kidnapping children for their work. Why would they do that? Again, I've never been there, so I can't say for sure, but probably slavery, or some other method of making them work. Zevian felt a shudder run through him at that thought. He'd never help out such things if he'd been in control, but in the back of his mind he knew he hadn't been, and now he had this on his shoulders. He potentially was helping out demon creatures? What the fuck was this? Is that what happened to me? With a shrug, the aide returned to him and came right up to him. Don't mind me for a moment. A sudden and vicious punch hit Zevian in the solar plex, leaving him gasping. He fell off the bed and onto the ground. A moment later, trying to recover, but none of his body seemed to want to work, as he lay there and tried to look up at Mark. I'm making sure you aren't lying about not being able to remember, so I delivered this special punch to you that will take away any of your abilities for a mere few minutes. Right, criminal, you're going to jail. Ah, oh, Mr. Sheriff, I forgot about you for the moment. I've been having a nice chat with the suspect here. Thank you for joining us. What? How? I, I came into the room first, with you following me. How could you have had a chat with him? What are you saying? There was a wave from the agent and then wound up pointing directly at Edsevian, who looked about confused, blinking and trying to get up from the ground. As you were afraid, there is some supernatural elements to all of this. I'm afraid this man is causing it for you. And for some reason he doesn't expect me, and he only hit you with some kind of spell, I guess? No, I didn't. The gasp from Zavian was met by a kick from Sheriff Franks. Shut up, criminal. We know you're up to something, otherwise how would you get out of jail early? I don't know. There was another kick sent his way, this time from Mark. Before he starts speaking in tongues, I suggest we take him out of here and lock him up. He might have some special powers granted to him by this place. And, uh, unfortunately, we don't know where the kids are, but I'm sure he will give them up once he realizes he's going back to jail. With a nod, Franks reached over, grabbed up the frail Zavian, yanking him up from the ground using both arms. To this, Zavian could do nothing about it since the sucker punch was still leaving him rather disabled to the world. Agent Mark then grabbed his other side, and they began walking him out the door. Laura sat in the company car, looking all about for Bart in the parking lot, all while biting her lip. 
She had decided she wanted to leave, but felt like doing so might endanger him. Plus, she kind of needed him to get around and to be able to do things. He at least seemed to have a basic knowledge of what was going on, though he didn't seem to tell her all he knew, which was annoying. You said you would be fine, and I see no signs of you. How am I supposed to trust that? There was a sudden swishing noise that filled the back of the car, and then there was dust suddenly rushing in through the open window. Fighting back the grittiness, it soon filled into the back seat and began taking a form as Laura twisted about. The shape of a human being began to form, and then materialized into Bart as a solid shape, though a new one. Ow, ow, ow. What? Long story, protective powers to keep me alive and distract anyone who might pursue, although they did shoot at me a bunch. Takes a damn long time to do, though, and to put me back together. This is demon powers? He shook his head furiously, yes, then looked down at himself with a grimace. She, too, found himself looking over him, and then down at what he had to offer. Yes, one of the few things I can still do. Uh, shall we go somewhere? I don't think waiting around for those guards to find us will be good for either of us. You need to explain more to me about what is going on. She said this as she turned the key to get the car started. Everything she did was in a quick snap of emotion, as they were soon driving fast to get out of there. Ralph found himself bored as he tried many, many times already to get back into the body of Judy in various other ways. None had worked, and he couldn't move freely about this world unless tied to the body. He could step outside to the hotel room, but never get very far. Death had already come and gone, and so he could stick around, but there was nothing he could do. The body had to be a living one for him to jump into, and not that it really actually had to be a living one, although it tended to get complicated when demons jumped into such bodies, as humans tended to get a bit squeamish and screaming when they spotted a dead body. That was just rambling about, so it was best not to go that route. And, well, he couldn't get in there in the first place. This Judy had passed away, and this being way too much for her body. Well, I can't leave this room much, and uh, I only have so much time. Damn that angel-like figure. Yes, he is an angel. Who does he think he is? There was a knock on the door that made him look up and at it. There was nothing he could do in this state, and there was a voice of someone on the other side, but he couldn't make it out. His powers already felt like they were fading away from him, and if that door opened and it was something bad, well, he might get sucked into some other plane of existence if it was that angel or maybe something else. Need to hide. Where to hide? They can't see me, but that won't change a thing, and maybe, or maybe they will see me. The sound of the lock being turned to unlock the door sent Ralph across the room towards the bathroom. He could get through the wall easily enough, but there was a nagging sense that he wanted to know who these people were that came over him. The door had opened, and in walked two men in suits with rather blank expressions. One held a phone to their ear. Yes, we should bought it. Yes, we will clean it up. You don't have to call us about this, Agent Mark. We got your report. After a moment, the phone was hung up and a shake of a head. 
Stupid idiot thinks we're idiots. Doesn't realize that we know what he is. He has to suspect, though. Right, Peter? I mean, you don't send a government agency to clean up supernatural things. Yeah, 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 Clark. The agency wouldn't let him do anything to us. Not worth it to worry about it. The other agent, who hadn't talked on the phone, had pulled out a bag of some sort from a pocket and began unfurling it. The shape was soon that of a body bag from what had appeared to be some sort of square, and that was being laid next to this Judy Abbott. The agent who'd spoken before was busy moving about Judy's body so that they were next to each other and then it would be easy to transfer her over. I wouldn't trust that, though. It could get us in trouble, and I don't want to deal with any kind of trouble, especially ones that are weird and out of an, and from out of another world. The bag was unzipped, and they began to move the body into it. Ralph drew up the last of his energy that he had, as he felt he tried to push it out to freeze the room. However, things went wibbly-wobbly on him, and instead of freezing things, began to swirl about him, and a moment later, he was sucked into a nearby ugly poster that was supposed to be a nice painting. The drive to get out of the parking lot hadn't stopped not far beyond the front entrance of the garage for Laura. She'd come to a stop as cars and guards blocked them from going any further. Slowly, she'd raised her hands to show she wasn't a threat to anyone. Can you do anything, Bart? Well, there are probably more after me than you. If I get out, it might solve the problems. It might not as well. Always a tricky problem. I bet you have to take chances, otherwise who knows what might happen. Something not good is going to happen either way. Can you attack them, though? Bart had slid over to the back door and popped it open, getting ready to get out. You asked what this is all about. It's a war for the world. Demon, angels, and anything in between wants a new, better home. What better place than somewhere where the sun sets and you can relax in the dark, and the sun will come up the next day. He stepped out of the car as flashes of gunshots rang out, taking over in a deafening cacophony of noise. End of Part 7 of Ghost Sands Thank you for listening.